trying to create more peaceful memories this Christmas season and evaluate some of your own family values and create a more intentional sense of who your family is and what matters to you, check out Unearthing Wonder Advent Guide. It's a companion to the book All Creation Waits, which is available as a picture book format with simple poems or a chapter book format with beautiful animal stories. And as you read through these stories and then read the companion reading in Unearthing Wonder, it will help your family identify what is life-giving to you and what do you remember about Christmas's past and how would you like Christmas in the future to be for your family So we'll put the link for Unearthing Wonder in the show notes. And when you buy either of our fun and life-giving early years Christmas guides, you can get the Advent Guide free. Just add them both to cart and check out. Welcome to the Restoration Home Podcast with Jennifer Pepito. This is a show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the show, I'm talking to Audrey Roloff. She's on Instagram at Audrey Roloff, and she's also on the web at beating50percent.com. I'm so excited to be talking to her today about the restorative practice of nurturing your marriage. Thanks for joining me, Audrey. Thanks, Jennifer. This is awesome to be here with you. It's an honor. I'm so excited to talk to you today because you on a recent podcast talked about the importance of having vision and having an ideal or some values that are defined for your family. And one of the practices that you and Jeremy engage in that's so powerful and restorative is sending a letter to each other, writing an annual letter to each other as kind of a record of your love. How has this written record helped your love grow? Yes. So it actually started, Jeremy and I, we dated, our entire dating relationship was long distance and we wrote each other letters. That's how we communicated mainly in our dating years. I mean, we still talked on the phone too, but this was pre-FaceTime and Skype was very glitchy and we just liked the old fashionedness of it. And kind of like you said, to be able to record it just kept this archive. And so Jeremy actually bought a vintage typewriter. So he would write some of the letters to me on a typewriter. So letters have always been a huge part of our love story and relationship. And so it felt kind of just fitting when we were on our honeymoon. We didn't intend to do this every year, but when we were on our honeymoon, we were like, let's write a letter to each other that we read a year from now, like on our first anniversary, that would be special. And so we did. And then it was such a cool experience reading it that first anniversary that we were like, we should just do this every year. And it's been very, very cool to just honestly kind of have this record keep of our life because in a lot of ways we do spend time in the letters writing what's been going on and and now what's been going on with our kids or decisions we're wrestling with or what the Lord's been teaching us or just things in our life, not just about our relationship, but it's just been a special time to every year on our anniversary read what we were thinking a year ago about each other in our life. And then we also take the time to like read each other's letters. So I read what I wrote and Jeremy reads what he wrote too. But yeah, it's just been a special tradition that we've kept up and we're headed into our, we just celebrated nine years of marriage. So we've got nine letters in this little box that we keep all nice and safe in our safe. (laughs) It's fun. 
I love that because it's easy in the day-to-day grind of marriage to kind of take for granted our love for each other or under underappreciate even how much we've invested and the good things about our love and start to believe lies. Just like we need the word of God to remind us of how much God loves us. I think having these letters is a reminder of our love for each other. And one of the other things that you talk about in that recent podcast and in your in your writings is how you guys have written down some of your dreams for yourselves as a family. How has writing down those dreams helped you work towards them? Yeah. So we actually started a couple years in, I don't remember exactly when it was in our marriage, but we, but prompted by kind of our marriage mentor, marriage mentor, marriage counselor, friends, we started doing a marriage summit. We called it a marriage summit. So we actually didn't do it on our anniversary, but we did it kind of either around our anniversary or just like another time of the year to have some like intentional, deeper conversations about our marriage and family and make sure we're on the right trajectory. And we tried to do it on our anniversary one year and it just was not good because we needed to just celebrate and have fun on our anniversary. Um, But it then turned into something that we structured out a little more and we kind of created these questions that we'd ask each other every year on our anniversary that were sort of like a look. Some of them looked back on the past year and some of them looked forward on the year ahead. And then we spent some time just in prayer and um, listening to the Lord for a word or a phrase or something for the coming year. And so we ended up actually turning that into a journal. It's called Memories of Us. So now lots of people also do this, but um, it's just been a sweet time to reflect and look forward. And we've... Yeah, it's just been a beautiful time for us to just spend some time looking back and being grateful for all the things the Lord has blessed us with and all the things we've come through. And then that dreamer side of us really loves the looking forward and um, planning for what's to come in the next year. So, yeah, really. That's so beautiful. And one of our family dreams that we also wrote down was the idea of living on property. And so for most of our married lives, because we wrote that down so early on, we've been able to live that dream of being a little bit in the country or having the ability to have chickens and things like that. That was also one of the dreams that you guys wrote down. Tell us a little bit about the process to make that happen. Yes. So that was, we actually talked about this in our podcast episode, the one that you listened to and just how cool it was to recognize for every year of our marriage in our anniversary letters, we would write about the longing for property. My husband grew up on a bunch of property and our heart was always to take over his family's farm, but things got a little bit complicated with that as they often do with property. If you've been a part of, um, if you're in a family that has property, you know, but anyways, we ended up eventually just kind of charting our own path and finding our own property. It took us a long time to search for that. Um, And we eventually ended up on a property that's really special and cool. A cool part of our love story, actually, because Jeremy proposed to me on the field that is now our backyard, which at the time we were trespassing. So, Oh, that's so special that the property that you guys put your eyes on so many years ago that Jeremy proposed to you on is now your home. What a beautiful story. Yes. It's so crazy. And my parents are neighbors. So it's just been, it was really beautiful this year because this was the, we actually moved into our house. Um, 
like right around the time of our anniversary last year. And so we were, when we were writing the letters last year, we were writing them in on our property for the first time. We we're like, this is so cool. Cause every year I feel like we're always writing about that longing for the property. It was like our life couldn't start until we were on land in some sense, which had plenty of cons. Like We had to work through that, but, um, but yeah, now being here, it's just, it's been, it's a, as you know, it's a whole nother level of work. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're just beginning with the property stuff. So. Oh, I totally get that. Living on property or any dream come true really has its own inherent sense of difficulty or set of difficulties. But that's part of the process. And one of the values Absolutely. that we have here at the Restoration Home podcast is the value of having kind of a family motto mm -hmm. or a family rule. And you guys talked about having a family rule of home health and holiness. And I love that so much. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you came to write down a family rule and some of those values that you have for yourselves as a family? Yeah. So we actually, the home health and holiness thing was kind of a big theme from our anniversary letters and time celebrating last year. That was like really the words that the Lord had put on our heart and they've just remained a theme for us this past year but um in really cool ways but we also have we did take the time on one of our little marriage summits to identify a family value for every month of the year and so that was like a very we kind of we had our family values for a while earlier in our marriage and one two kids in but they weren't aligned to months of the year. And then now as our family has grown and our kids have got older, we want to instill these values in our kids. We want to teach them to them. Um, we wanted to kind of just frame our family values in a way where it was very simple and easier to like talk to our kids about it. So what we did was we took a value one value and matched it to the months of the year. And we actually kind of did match them to like what was going on in the months of the year. So like the month of August is the month of hospi hospitality is one of our values. And we tend to have a lot of people over on property in the summer. And so we thought that would be fitting for that time of year. This month, the month of October that we're in um, is integrity. And so we've been talking to our kids a lot about integrity and we have verses that go with each of those values that we've been trying to help our kids memorize. And it's just been an easy way to like each month, bring it up, bring up one of the values and make it just that one and not try to hit all of them. Cause I think for a while we were like, we want to be about all these 12 things, but you can't be about all those 12 things all the time. It's hard, you know? And so to narrow in and say like, okay, this month we're about love or this month we're about integrity or this month we're about adventure, you know? And then like the kids being a part of that has just really simplified the way that we've um, instilled our family values and our kids and for us too. So. Oh, I love that concept of having just one habit that you focus on each month in our peaceful loop or restoration home community this year. We've been using the book Habits for the Household by Justin Whitmill Early. And in that resource each month, we've also kind of focused on one habit, whether it was bedtime or morning time or prayer. And it's been so helpful for us as a community to be working on those habits together. I love that. Yeah, I need that book. <laughs> that sounds really amazing. Yeah, I think we all need that kind of community and accountability that comes from learning and community. And that's another thing that you talk about on a podcast is the idea of finding marriage mentors or marriage parents. And it's so hard to find real life mentors sometimes because 
the world is so broken and so many of the people and relationships that we see around us are broken as well. How did you and Jeremy go about finding these marriage parents that you reference? So the story of our relationship with them is was that um, the wife was actually my mentor in college and I was super involved in a ministry called Young Life and they were on staff. So we just did a lot of things at their house. And Jeremy, when he would visit me in school, would he spent time with them, like we spent time with them as couples. And then uh, we ended up doing our premarital counseling with them and they also married us. And they've just remained honestly like really good friends. Um, they've just been very intentional. I mean, we've been so grateful and fortunate to have them be the pursuers of us. And I know that's not always the case, but they have a huge, huge heart for marriage and actually just recently started their own marriage ministry as well. So we've been just fortunate recipients, honestly, with that. But we always encourage our people and our followers and community. Like, I think a lot of times our generation can put a lot of pressure on how do I find a mentor, whether it's a marriage mentor or any type of mentor, spiritual father, you use the term. Like, I think a lot of times that can put a lot of pressure on the mentor. <laughs> like, well, I don't know if I'm qualified to be that. Or um, it can just put maybe unnecessary pressure on the relationship. And we just tell people like, invite someone that you look up to to dinner and then do it again. And then do it again. <laughs> and like, don't put that label of like mentor on the relationship for a while. It, like, just build the relationship and it's going to happen. Like, if you're asking an older, wiser couple that's in a season of life ahead of you, these intentional questions, like, and you're doing it on a continual basis, and you're going to, you're going to build a mentor mentee relationship, but you don't need to put that pressure on it from the beginning. I think that's, we've seen, just that go awry, I guess you could say. Um, and I don't know, I'm curious your perspective on that too. Like being someone that I'm sure you've mentored a lot of younger couples and people in my season of life, like, how do you navigate that? How do you navigate when I'm sure people are asking you to mentor them all the time, you know? Oh, I love that emphasis, Audrey, on serving the people that you want to be served by. Instead of just asking someone to be your mentor, you actually reached out and invited them over and kind of made the effort towards getting um, getting in their presence. And for sure, some of the people who have mentored us, the people that we call when we want to buy a house or when we want to make a big decision, those are people that we for sure first invited to our home or asked them to meet us for coffee or in, in some way tried to love them and serve them before we expected them to answer a question for us. And also, yeah, as far as being mentors, we are very present with struggling marriages because it's so important to our kids. You know, adults, they'll figure things out. But for our children, it's just so imperative that mom and dad love each other. And because of that, if we see a struggling marriage in our community, we are right there to support them and love on them. You know, we've mentioned it already a couple of times, but one of the things that is unique about you and Jeremy is that you have a family mission statement. And when you go about doing life with intention, for instance, deciding to live on property, it means that there are other things you're probably not going to be doing. How has having that mission statement helped you guys avoid that sense of FOMO, that sense of missing out that can happen when you don't really have a clear mission statement and then you see other people doing 
things that are different than you. Yeah, that's actually, so we do have a family mission statement that we've had for a long time, but actually recently, just this summer, Jeremy and I were kind of going through some identity stuff, like just our own kind of searching through, I don't even know how to like phrase it, but we went through a a course of just kind of like discovering your own like individual identity and who God calls you and really created you to be. And in the process of doing that, we, and just digging more into that, we kind of came to this, a marriage identity and we were just kind of exploring more further into like our own individual identities. And then we had one night where we were just like talking on the couch and, um, I was like, Jared, I've really been thinking a lot about this. Like I just, I got this word from the Lord on a run about like how I'm intentionally wild. Like I've always just been kind of like, I've always been intentionally, but it's been, there's this element of chaos to it that like, that isn't like this structured, organized type of intentional. It's like a little bit wild. And I feel like that's kind of like how our family has become just by nature of like, obviously I'm the mother. And then Jared was talking about um, an aspect of his identity, which is like, he's very much like the steady, peaceful presence in our home. And I bring like more of the like energy spikes. And so we kind of married those into this, like we're an intentionally wild, peaceful presence. And people, when they come into our home or spend time with our family, it's like, we're kind of wild and all over the place and spontaneous and all of these things. But like, there's also a presence to being with us where people just feel like they can be at peace. They feel invited and they feel like they can be themselves. And we've been very affirmed in that. Anyways, all this to say, we feel like in really the past couple of months, we've got this marriage identity that that is kind of reflected under our family too, that is we're an intentionally wild, peaceful presence. And it's sort of given us a comfort and grace for operating in certain ways that we do that are different from other families. Like what you were saying, you know, like every family is going to operate different and should in line with their unique gifts, their unique calling, their unique lifestyle, where they live. There's so many different variables. And I think um, it can be so easy, especially with social media, to compare like how people are living their lives and then think, oh, I should be doing this with my kids, or I should be doing this in my marriage, or I should be doing... But instead, once we got this identity, we felt so much more freedom to operate the way that we actually the way that we do, the way that we do life best and not feeling the pressure to do the things that other people are doing that are noble and good. Like they're good examples. But going back to what we've talked about before, like you can't do it all. And I think just honing into like, okay, this is really our sweet spot. Like we really operate well here and, and letting go of the shame that we can sometimes feel or guilt for not doing all of the other things that are good things, but we just, that aren't a focus for our family, you know? Does that make sense? Oh, I love that because it's so important to recognize who we are and just honor the way that God has made us. And, you know, one of the things that I feel like can be a stumbling block for moms as we are trying to nurture our marriages is our own children. You know, we're a couple and we're dating and it's all romantic and we're lovers. And then all of a sudden we have kids and all of that emotional energy gets transferred over to our children. And we start treating our husbands as an accessory to parenting instead of a friend, you know, we stop actually loving them in so many ways or, or being just being a good friend. How have you and Jeremy stayed friends even in the midst of parenthood? Yes. 
Well, I will say for like the young moms that are maybe listening, like it is hard in the younger years, like when they're babies, it's hard. And, and I think you have to have grace for yourself in those seasons and for your marriage. But, um, one thing that's really been not to like toot our own horn, but like one thing that's been very, very helpful for us is our marriage journal, which, um, is just basically six questions that we ask each other every week. And it's, what brought you joy this week? What's one thing that was hard this week? What's something I can do for you this week? Is there any unconfessed sin or unresolved conflict or hurt we need to work through? What's a dream craving or desire that's been on the forefront of your mind this week? And then I don't know if I said this one, how can I pray for you? So we ask those questions every week and it's like a saving grace for us in really hard seasons because like we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, a lot of times, like you kind of know, um, you kind of know what's hard for your spouse or you know what they did that week that like drove you crazy. But do you really know what brought them joy? Like, are you asking your spouse on a regular basis what brought them joy? And just these questions have a way of just connecting you in a very, very simple format each week. And they've really prevented any bitterness from like lingering or resentment because you have that like conflict resolution question in there while also getting us to like, think towards the future when you're in hard seasons about like, okay, what's been a dream that's on your mind? And like, you know, think about these good things and get you talking about dreams and vision together. And so that has been huge for us. Um, We've been doing it for the nine years that we've been married and thousands of couples around the world also do it. Um, It's a very simple practice. And especially in those like months of having a newborn, like, adding a baby to your family and months zero to six, like it's really tough. And I think that journal has, and that weekly rhythm of like knowing that we're going to have that time, that's our good time to talk about it. You know, like in the chaos of life, it's like, we know we can rely on our Sunday nights and we know on our Sunday nights, you know, we're going to have the time to like work through things that we just don't have time in the margins throughout the day and the rest of the week. Oh, that's such an amazing idea, Audrey, to just be sharing back and forth the questions and the thoughts that are on your mind. And I love all of the wisdom that you've shared today. I'm so excited for the Restoration Home community to learn from you. I'm going to link some of these resources, the Marriage Journal and your Christmas resource, Memories of Us, in the show notes that families can continue cultivating that intentional life with their husband and their children. Thanks so much for joining me today, Audrey. 